an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan, warmly joined this morning by Andrew Erickson and by our guest, Joey Wright. Joey, thank you so much for coming on. Busy time of year, as always. We're now into week seven here. Crazy. We're talking a little buy low, sell high. Really appreciate you making the time. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I I met Joe and actually Andrew at Flex in uh, New York, and they brought this up, and I was like, me? Sure, let's do it. So I'm super (laughs) happy to be here with you guys today. We are very happy to have you. Not so much from Monday Night Football to react to, so we'll kind of blow past that here and jump right into the trade show. Like I said, we were talking some buy low, sell high running backs today. Running backs. We will start, as we always do, with the most traded running backs since the last week ended. It's only about a day and a half, but these are the guys who are being moved in most leagues. And the most traded running back right now is Saquon Barkley. Erickson, I will start with you here. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Saquon? So I think with Saquon, originally I felt like I wanted to be a buyer. You know, coming off a solid game in prime time, saw a ton of touches, 24 carries, 93 yards, four catches for five yards. He looked explosive. But at the same time, it's like, right, this Giants offense, like how good can it really be? <laughs> They're also facing the league's worst defense when it comes to giving up fantasy points to running backs. And the Giants offensive line is still a mess. It should improve as they got guys healthier. But at the same time, like, what are you really getting when you trade for Saquon Barkley? So originally I was like, okay, I kind of want to buy him. But now it's like, man, he did peak a little bit here in this last game. Maybe it is time to kind of, rid yourself of big blue any giants pieces i think that that's probably the safe move so after initially thinking okay he's a buy i think that i would probably try to put him on the block and see what i can get for him if someone's going to give me an rb1 in a better situation i think i may lean towards that side as opposed to trying to go out and buy saquon just because the giants are kind of a mess right now what do you think joey buy sell or hold yeah for me i guess i'm holding because i am afraid to sell him um I just don't think you could get a great return on him. I, you know, what we saw of him last week was what 28 total touches for 98 yards. That's kind of a disappointing Saquon day, but a really good day for any other running back. Uh, and he feels a bit matchup proof. I'm just afraid I wouldn't get enough back in trade. So I feel like I do have to hold him and I'm definitely not going to buy him with all the question marks going on with the giants right now. We've got some big name trades that have gone down in the last day and a half, and I want to throw some of them your guys' way and see what you think if mm. you would take one side or the other. The first one is a couple of big names that maybe haven't quite lived up to their billing this year. One of them just played last night, and that's Saquon Barkley for C.D. Lamb. Joey, would you make that trade? If I needed the wide receiver, I would bring C.D. Lamb onto my team. Yeah. How about Saquon Barkley plus Chris Godwin for Kenneth Walker, Joey? No, I'm going to hold Godwin and uh, and Barkley. Who are we talking about? Barkley, yeah. <laughs> yep, Saquon. And then lastly, Saquon for James Cook plus Rashi Rice. So I am, I'm not really in on James Cook or Rashi Rice. This I was a little earlier this offseason, so I'm going to hold Barkley there too. I just don't think that's enough to pull Barkley away from me. 
Erickson, what do you think about those trades? Do any of them stand out to you? Again, it was Saquon for CeeDee Lamb. It was Saquon and Godwin for Kenneth Walker. Or it was Saquon for Cook and Rice. I think I honestly like the Saquon side on most of those, on most of those deals just because it's really hard to get running backs. Like, if you've been trying to make trades in leagues, look, I've been trying to trade CD Lamb all year, and I cannot get... The best offer I got was Deontay Foreman. Like, that's <laughs> literally the best deal I could get for CD Lamb. And again, now he's coming off a better game, but you have to pay a better wide receiver to get a lesser running back. That's just how it works because of how scarce the running back position is in fantasy football. So Saquon Barkley, yeah, it's not ideal, but he's still a running back who sees 20-plus touches per game and is a bell cow. Like, that is still very valuable, even on a bad offense. So I would rather have Barkley than C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb has been a disappointment all year long. You know, he's a fringe wide... I mean, he's viewed as a wide receiver one, but he's not a wide receiver one in fantasy. He hasn't been anything like that all year long. So he got out-targeted by Michael Gallup. Like, I'm not hopeful that that Lamb is going to turn around a wide receiver one season. So I'd rather just keep the running back. I think Chris Godwin can be a wide receiver one, but... With Baker Mayfield, he really hasn't been a difference maker. He's replaceable, honestly. Like, I can find Chris Godwin production elsewhere. So I think just I would hold the running back just because I, with teams that I have personally, like, I need running back points way more than I need wide receiver points. I think that's probably true for for most people, uh, especially after this last week. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. It's actually pretty tough to pick my favorite game on the Week 7 slate. There's a strong case to be made for Ravens-Lions or Chargers-Chiefs. But I think I have to go with Dolphins at the Eagles. The spread is Philly by two. The total is 52 points over on DraftKings Sportsbook. So this shapes up to be an awesome game. However you bet that one, get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code FANTASYPROS only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Joey, I will go to you here first for our next most traded running back, and that is Isaiah Pacheco. So are you buying, selling, or holding the Chiefs running back? I think this whole exercise of all the thing, the players you sent me showed me that I'm just afraid to make trades because I'm holding <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco. He's double digits of fantasy points in four out of the last six games. Current RB12, kind of surprising to see that. Uh, averaging 14.5 PPR fantasy points per game right now. He's leading the team among run, running backs with a 53% snap share. Now, I know that's kind of low, but he has 65% of the team's running back total touches. And he's already eclipsed his 2022 uh, receiving workage uh, there in Kansas City. And I understand wanting to sell him. I get it. He's having a good season. 
but I want pieces of this Chiefs offense. And outside of Kelsey, I do feel like Pacheco might be the safest option. In our consensus rankings, Joey Pacheco in half PPR is listed as running back 16 rest of season in our consensus rankings. Do you think that's too high, too low, or just right? I think that's kind of just right. Um, and I, maybe I just want to say my last name one more time on the show today so everyone you know, checks me out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, that does feel right for Pacheco because I don't think he's a top 12 running back. I just think he's on a great team in a great situation, and he's playing really well this season. Eric, so what do you think about Pacheco? Buy, sell, or hold? I've been screaming to the rooftops to buy Pacheco all year long. I think that he's been underrated and undervalued. But my concern with him entering the year was like, this guy's going to get hurt because he runs like a maniac. But so far, so far, he's been healthy. And who's the best player on the Chiefs offense besides Mahomes and Kelsey? How is it not Isaiah Pacheco? Can you trust any of these wide receivers? <laughs> no. Like Rashi Rice is starting to get that uptick, but still he's a rookie. And the way they rotate the receivers, it's scary pressing the start button on any Chiefs wide receiver. So for me, Pacheco's been steady. He's been consistent. He's involved in all facets. Yeah, they sprinkle in Edward Solaire and McKinnon at times, but I mean, Broncos are coming up again. The Chargers are coming up in matchups. Like, buy Pacheco. Like, I I I'm going to buy him. Let's throw out some trades that have gone down recently with Pacheco. First one here is Isaiah Pacheco for Jordan Addison plus Zay Flowers. Erickson, what do you think about that one? Um, I mean... If I need the receivers, then yeah, I think that the receivers are a probably good prize there, but most of the time I don't. So I can't give up a starting running back for two receivers if I can't start both of them and I'm getting an immediate upgrade. So probably should only on the running back. There's been there were a lot of Pacheco for one receiver trades, so that's what most of these are. This other one is Pacheco for Ayuk or Amon Ross St. Brown. Either of those guys, Erickson? Uh those guys are too high in my rankings for Pacheco. Like I, I, I mean, I think Ayuk is like just so good. Like he, I yeah. think is going on to another level. And if Brock Purdy hits him on like one of those deep balls, like he's going over a hundred yards easy against the Cleveland Browns. And then Amon Ra showed us last week that, yeah, he's, he's fully back. You know, he was banged up a little bit earlier in the year, but he's still Jared Goff's guy. And that Lions offense is cooking right now. So I'm going to keep the sun guy. I'm going to keep Ayuk. Uh, another either or here, Pacheco for Adam Thielen, or Puka Nakua, or Garrett Wilson. All three of those were trades that happened yesterday. Adam, uh, Adam Thielen, Puka Nakua, or Garrett Wilson. Any of those three for Pacheco, Erickson? Probably only uh, Nakua. I think that he just has yeah. like top-tier upside still, and he's kind of an interesting buy-low after coming off some two meh games, even though he dropped a touchdown. So that's probably what I would do. But Garrett Wilson's too risky with the Jets situation. And, I mean, Adam Thielen... We'll get into it, but not training for him. <laughs> that, yeah, that one's uh, coming up again later. Uh, Joey, Isaiah Pacheco for Addison and Flowers together. Did that one interest you? That's the, I don't know if you saw my face. That kind of piqued my interest. <laughs> I, and it's not the Addison side that I like. It's the Zay Flower side. I am just in love with that guy. Uh, everything he's, every time he gets the ball in his hand, it's electric. I, if I need the wide receivers, I'm going to make that trade. But if I, like Eric's, I'm saying, like, Running backs are so hard to come by right now, especially at this point in the season that you can depend on. So you might just be holding Pacheco. Any of those other, you know, individual wide receiver trades that went down again, it was Ayuk, Amonra, Thielen, Puka, Garrett Wilson, any of those, you know, pique your interest as well. Garrett Wilson was the only name that I was like, I would rather have um, Pacheco. The other ones I would rather have the wide receiver yeah, for sure. Good enough. That makes sense. 
Before you guys listening make any trades, you need to check out our trade analyzer at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook or on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Instantly see who wins any trade and how it shifts the balance of power in your league for the week, for the rest of the season, and even beyond for dynasty leaguers. Stay ahead and play smart with the trade analyzer on fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Guys, let's move to our buy low running back section. And Joey, I want to start with you. Who's your top buy low running back right now? Uh, it's Aaron Jones. Now, I know, you know, his price can't be too sky high. He's not been on the field much this season, only appearing in two games. But on that limited work, he's averaged over four yards a carry as he has his whole career. Now, his receiving totals this year, unlimited work. It's a little balloon because he had a 51-yard uh, reception that was a little crazy. That's kind of pumped it up a little bit. But the fact that he's utilized there, I think, is really important. 63 targets his last four seasons in a row. Um, and the best thing is he practiced on Monday, and he might be making his season uh, return versus Denver Broncos. Sorry for any uh, Denver residents. Uh, but <laughs> Aaron Jones, if he's on the field, he's going to go off on Sunday. Um, and part of the reason I'm kind of high on buying Aaron Jones, um, buying low on him, is because I just haven't liked anything I've seen out of A.J. Dillon this year. He's barely averaging three yards a carry, and he's conceding receiving work to Patrick Taylor. Um, and we really haven't seen this Packers offense at full strength. I think once we do, Aaron Jones is going to be really involved. And once that happens, his price is going to skyrocket. So I'm all in on buying low on Aaron Jones right now when you can get him. I want to ask you the same question I asked about Pacheco, which is in his rest of season consensus ranking, Aaron Jones is RB 17. I think this is a really interesting range, that second half of the teams. Mm. Aaron Jones is RB 17. Is that too high, too low, or just Joey Wright? I think that's not just Joey Wright. I think it's a little too <laughs> low. I, I think Aaron Jones is a top 12 running back. He's shown it the last few years in the league. Uh, I think it needs to pump up a little bit. Maybe I can move my rankings, my rest of season rankings and get them up there a little higher. <laughs> yeah, help them out, help them out a bit. Uh, Eric, yeah. so what do you think about that ranking, by the way? RB17 for Aaron Jones. RB17, trying to see where I have him. Uh, so I have him at RB22. Oh. I, I wasn't as high on Aaron Jones entering the year. And I mean, so far he's like proven me right because he's an older running back and he's already been hurt like twice. So that's my only concern is just like how healthy is he? Um, and even though AJ Dillon sucks or has not played very well, I should say, I want to be clear with that. Um, he's still going to like eat into, they, they still are going to play him. Like they, they're just not going to get away from it, especially in the red zone where the last two years it's been AJ Dillon getting red zone touches. So unless Aaron Jones runs hot on his receiving usage, it's like, okay, like what's the upside here in the Packers? It's like, what Jordan love are we going to get? Like, that's the other big question where he started out really hot, really efficient, been down the last couple of weeks. So um, I'm probably more lukewarm on Aaron Jones overall. By the way, A.J. Dillon down at RB45 in the consensus, you know, rest of season rankings for running backs. So uh, most people are agreeing that he is not playing very well this year. Uh, to put it kindly, Erickson, give me your number one by low running back. Yeah, you got to When you're buying low on running backs, they have to be bad. OK, they have to be not playing well. Damian Pierce. Not playing well right now. Like his yards per carry, he's been tanking. He's losing the job to Devin Singletary. Look at any of the recaps written this week about last week's game with the Houston Texans. But the week before, you know who didn't have any carries? Devin Singletary. So I'm not going to overreact to a one-game sample where it's. I don't think it's really a trend. Just look at the game logs with Damian Pierce. He's gotten over 20 carries in like three, four different games. I, I don't think this one game where Devin Singletary got a little bit more work is really indicative. Okay, well, the rest of the season is going to be Devin Singletary is going to be the guy now. Like, I don't really think that. I think that Damian Pierce is still the guy that they want to be their starting running back. Last week, he got stuffed three times at the goal line. No one would be upset about him if he scored a touchdown. He's still their goal line back, which is 
part of the reason why we want to play running backs in fantasy football and the Texas offensive line is getting healthy. They're on a bye week this week. Nobody wants Damian Pierce right now, which is why you can buy low and actually get him on your team. You know who they play when they come back? The Carolina Panthers. It's the best matchup you could possibly ask for for a running back. So Damian Pierce for me is a screaming buy. His value is only, his value is only going to go up after he faces the Panthers. And then if you want to trade him high after that, be my guest. If the usage still isn't working in his favor, but I think he's going to be productive when he comes back to the field after their bye week. And I think there's never been a chance to buy him than right now. By the way, uh, you mentioned that the Texans are on bye this upcoming week. I guess I said, by the way, you could call that a pun. Uh, there are <laughs> six teams on bye here in week seven. Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans. So it is going to be really rough uh, putting the rankings together this week with with the whopping six teams not playing Joey, what do you what do you think about Damian Pierce quickly? Because I think he's an interesting guy too. That I had a I was very high on him, you know, over the summer. I have him pretty much everywhere because I really thought he was being undervalued, and the efficiency hasn't been there. Obviously, there's been injuries, but the offense has been good. A lot of moving parts here. So, what do you make of Pierce? Um, I'm a Gator, Florida Gator fan. Damian Pierce is okay. one of my favorite players in the league. I loved him last year. Um, I remember screaming about the Gators not using him when he was there in Florida. And then I was so happy that they didn't because he looked so great last year for those 10 games, breaking tackles left and right, super explosive. One of my favorite players in the league um, and better roads are definitely ahead for him. This Houston team is really fun, by the way, like they're a really fun team to watch. And Pierce is going to be hugely involved in that. I'm not worried about Singletary in the slightest. Yeah, it's so it's so funny how one really good quarterback uh, uh, just all of a sudden flips the switch and it's like I really want when I want the Texans games to pop up on red zone like it's more fun to watch mm-hmm. them now. And like a year ago, it was oh time for a bathroom break whenever they pop up. I mean, it was it's really <laughs> night and day. Just just That's thanks to Patriots now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. No offense, Erickson. Uh, let's go to the sell high running backs. Joey, I'll start with you again here. Uh, give me your number one sell high running back. And I will say, originally, you had sent me Kyron Williams. We decided yes. to change that given the injury news that came down yesterday. So beyond Kyron Williams, who's your number one sell high running yeah, back? Yeah, I think you said I got my my answers in a little too quick. Uh, maybe I was a little too excited to be here today. Uh, this was before the injury really came to a fruition, but no, for me, uh, it's Ramondre Stevenson. Um, maybe the bane of my existence in fantasy football, the last few years has been new England Patriots running backs until like two years ago when we saw Ramondre and my tune started to change a little bit and it seemed like new England was committed to him. And then they brought in Ezekiel Elliott and through limited work. I'm sorry. Zeke's kind of looked a little bit better this year than Ramondre. Uh, before last Sunday, Stevenson was averaging 2.7 yards a carry. Um, he seems to like lack the power that we saw from him the last few years and the elusiveness too. He's only broken three tackles this whole year. Um, but this past weekend, we saw Stevenson's best fantasy game of the season, 15 total touches for 70 yards and a touchdown. It was his first double digit PPR outing in three weeks. Uh, the matchups ahead are not bad. So you can kind of use that as a selling point with him. Uh, but with Stevenson, as long as along with this entire Patriots team, if I can sell them, I am. Erickson, this is one that I know you do not agree with. You have been very high on Ramondre really all year long, even through, you know, the struggles that he's had. And, and they have been significant struggles to start the year. You've still been powering through and sort of banging the drum for him. So I, I just want to kind of clear the deck and let you, you know, push back against this one, Erickson. Well, I think part of the reason why Ramondre struggled so much is look at who they played to start the year. Eagles, Dolphins, Jets, Cowboys, Saints. Like what matchup was good? in the first five weeks of the year. The only one that was good was Miami, and he was a top 20 running back that week. But all those other matchups were horrible. 
And what did he get this week? Oh, he had the Raiders. It was a good matchup. Top 10 running back. So just kind of looking at the schedule, Bills up this bill. The Bills are the worst. The Bills couldn't stop Saquon Barkley behind <laughs> backup offensive lineman for the Justin Pugh was on the couch <laughs> and he started at left tackle for the Giants. Like the Bills cannot stop the run. So they're going to give Ramondre all he can handle. And again, maybe I'm looking a little bit far here, but you look at this playoff schedule, week 17 Broncos week or excuse me, week 16 Broncos week 17 Bills like there it is again. I, I mean, you can try to sell Ramondre, but the fact that he he was so bad to start the year, I don't think people want him. Like that's my issue with trying to sell Ramondre. Mm, I was okay. like, yeah, he had a good game. And it's like, oh well, it's the Patriots. Like, I mean, the vibes around the Patriots right now are so bad that I don't think you're going to get really what you want from Ramondre. So I would personally just hold him. Um, I know I have him in a bunch of leagues, and I'm going to be holding him because I just don't think that it's really worth it. And I think that just looking even that second half schedule, like overall. Chargers, Giants, Steelers, Chiefs. Like, there's a lot of good matchups in the second half of the year where maybe the Patriots turn things around a little bit on offense. Maybe they blow things up a little bit, change things up. So I'm going to keep Ramondre. I, I do think it's worth noting that, I mean, if you just look in, in half PPR, he's played six games. Half of those games, he has been a top 20 running back in half PPR because he's getting workload in the past game. He's finished 19th, 17th. That was weeks one and two. And then eighth this past week. I mean, sort of part of that speaks to the position, right? I mean, just how much people have struggled to find good, reliable running backs. The other three weeks, he was so bad. So I definitely get it. What kind of player, if you are selling him, at Joey, what kind of player are you looking to get back for Ramondre? Because, because running backs, like we've said today, are, are kind of hard to get. I wouldn't be shocked if you could grab like a Christian Kirk who's looking really good right now, or even like maybe his teammate Calvin Ridley. I like both of them rest of the season. Um, if I'm okay at running back, I'm happy sending Ramondre out for either of those two guys. Erickson, who's your number one sell high running back? So I'm looking at Josh Jacobs. And again, you're not selling high on his production because that's not really been there. You're selling high on the <laughs> hope that he will eventually turn things around because I mean, from a you should standpoint, like Josh Jacobs is off the charts. Like he's getting all the carries, all the receptions, all the targets you could want. But this Raiders offense is struggling compared to what it was doing last year. And you're seeing the distribution of targets and receptions a little bit different. Even though he's getting all the backfield touches, like they're spreading the ball a little bit more. They're getting Jacob Myers involved. They're getting the tight ends involved a little bit more. Devontae Adams has disappeared for the last two weeks. So with J Jacobs, you know, he's fifth in the NFL in red zone carries. He has two red zone touchdowns. Like he's only scored two touchdowns. Do we expect the Raiders offense to just like suddenly become a lot better and just start converting these touchdowns in the red zone? Probably not because last year, Josh Jacobs ran hot and came to touchdown production. So he was due for negative. Uh, his touchdowns were going to come down this year, even if he saw a similar workload. So for me, look, some of the matchups here, I, I don't like. So you have the Bears. They're an underrated run defense. We talked about this last week. Alexander Madison did nothing on the ground against the Bears. Like he did it through the air. So whereas Josh Jacobs is involved in the passing game, I think he can be okay. I think it's going to be another like 2.5 yards per carry for Josh Jacobs. Like not good. And then who does he face after that? The Lions. Lions have turned into the best run defense in the NFL. So I think it's going to be more underwhelming. It's like, oh, he's still waiting on Jacobs. Like, he's going to fire. He's going to hit. It's like, yeah, he's going to have that one game where he blows up, and then maybe you trade him. But I think I just want to kind of clear the deck of, of Josh Jacobs on my team. Like, this Raiders offense is underwhelming, in, in my opinion. And I think that his peripheral metrics look great enough where you can buy, you can still sell on Josh Jacobs just based on, yeah, this guy's getting like 30 carries, 30 touches per week. He's so good. It's like, yeah, well, he's doing, like, nothing with them. So that's probably how I'd move away from Josh Jacobs. Joey, I want to get your opinion on Jacobs, too. Rest of season consensus ranking half PPR is RB8. What do you think about that one? 
That's a little too high for me. I, I feel like this Las Vegas Raiders team is kind of like a bumpy road. Like they just can't catch a break. And yeah, Jacobs is getting utilized a lot as well as um, Devontae Adams is there as well. They've kind of funneled it into three guys, but I'm just not liking what I'm seeing out of them, except for Devontae Adams. Like he's looking great, but <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'd be fine selling Jacobs to be honest with you. Fellas, is there a better sports month than October? I say the answer is no. Football is well underway. The baseball postseason is here, and brand-new basketball and hockey seasons are upon us. While we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. I got to attend my first-ever Orioles playoff game before they were eliminated just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm planning to make it out to Mile High Stadium for my first Broncos game in person sometimes this season. And, of course, you know I'll be using the best best way to get tickets to any of these games on game time the official ticketing app of fantasy pros fantasy football game time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase they let you see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive they're all in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees and it takes no time at all you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and redeem code fantasy pros for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code fantasy pros that's fantasy pros all one word for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed wide receivers the most traded wide receiver right now early on this week but this week the most traded wide receiver Nico Collins. So, Joy, I want to start with you. Are we buying, selling, or holding on Nico Collins right now? I'm buying Nico Collins. I like what I'm seeing. Regardless where the targets are going, he's the wide receiver one through my eyes. Uh, four games a season of at least 80 yards and four receptions, three touchdowns on the season. Uh, for the leagues that score first downs, just those random leagues that are out there, he's top 12 in the league in that category. So, get you a couple extra points there as well. Um, he led the team in snaps the last three weeks. And Houston's going into their bye week, and we mentioned it with Damian Pierce. You might be able to get him at a little bit of a discount because uh, he won't be playing this next week. So I'm buying Nico Collins. Yeah, you mentioned that first down stat. Even if you're not in a league that tracks that sort of thing, it still just shows like what the team thinks of him in that offense as a go-to guy when you really need to convert and move the chains. So I, I like that stat a lot. Yeah, Nico has been super fun. We talked about it actually before we started recording this show, just how fun the Texans offense has been and in general. And, and, you know, the night and day look of CJ Stroud and just Nico Collins, I think is the biggest beneficiary of that, you know, both in the short term and the long term. So I'm with you there. Erickson, what do you make in Nico? Dude, I love Nico Collins, man. Dude, <laughs> he's playing so well. He's beating man coverage constantly. And I get that he's not getting a ton of volume necessarily. Some weeks he, sees less targets than some of the other guys, but dude, when Collins gets the ball, man, he's making big plays. Like he's been super efficient. So he's making the most of his opportunities. Even in this last game. I mean, the fact that he's like, can get 80 yards on like four catches or whatever, like it's all big plays with Nico Collins. And I would say it's all, oh, it's unsustainable. But if you just watch the plays, like he's beating man coverage, like he made a great play against Marshawn Lattimore. He's making sideline catches. Like he's just good. And you want to buy talent at the wide receiver position. So especially with the schedule easing up, I love buying Nico Collins right now. 
I've got some trades I want to throw your guys' way. These are real trades that have gone down in Fantasy Pros My Playbook, and I want to get your opinions on them. First one, it's a wide receiver for wide receiver challenge trade. Joey, I'll start with you here. Nico Collins for Michael Pittman. Who would you rather have in that trade? Man, with with the Gardner Minshew news, it might change. No, I'm still going to stay. I'll stay with Nico. I like Nico better. Erickson, what do you think about that one? I'll stick with Pittman. Um, Pittman's production has been improved with Gardner Minshew because they just like throw the ball more than they did with Anthony Richardson. So um, I think I'll stick with Pittman. Pittman's already kind of, I think Pittman's like where we want Nico Collins to be. So I think Pittman's already kind of done that, whereas Nico Collins is getting to that level. So I'll just take the guy that I've already kind of seen be a fringe fantasy wide receiver one um, first over Collins, who I think could finish in that position at the end of the year. Joey, how about Nico Collins for Jaleel McLaughlin? Oh, Nico Collins. <laughs> yeah, even yeah. even with people, everybody needing uh, a running back. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not completely bought in Jaleel McLaughlin, um, maybe because yeah. I can't say his name correctly. No, <laughs> uh, but I like Sarah McLaughlin, but <laughs> maybe I'm just holding out a little bit more hope for the Denver running backs there. That is the collective group. But I, I do love what I see out of Nico, so I'm not trading him for McLaughlin. Er- Erickson, what do you think on that one? I, I don't want any part of this Denver three-headed backfield. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. thank you. I, I think thank that's you for really saying fair, it was three-headed. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, that is a trade that really did go down, but I, I do tend to agree with you guys on that one. And then lastly, Nico Collins plus Sam Laporta for Travis Kelsey. Joey, how about that one? Can I plead the fifth? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I love me some Sam Laporta, but I would probably still rather have Kelsey. That's tough. Yeah, Eric, Erickson Collins plus Laporta for Kelsey. You making that deal? Unless I have really good wide receiver depth and I can feel good about who I'm going to start now without Nico Collins. I mean, Travis Kelsey's obviously been very good. Um, I don't know. I just like he worries me long term. Just like he's been banged up this year. The Chiefs' offense has kind of been up and down. And if he, I don't know. I I, I like Laporta. I mean, Laporta had 11 targets last week. Like Laporta has been super consistent. He's been free money essentially because you drafted him super late. He's been a locked and loaded tight end one. So uh, I don't think I'm going to make that trade. I think I'm going to stick unless I really feel good about my receiver depth behind Nico and Nico's like, I can just basically ship him off for free. Uh, I'd probably just keep Collins and uh, Laporta. Let's go to our next most traded wide receiver. It's a guy that who has been in this segment before already this season. It's Zay Flowers. Erickson, I'll start with you this time. Buying, selling, or holding on Zay Flowers? He's always a buy. Always a buy. <laughs> always a hold. The guy, I put my put my chips in on first touchdown, Zay Flowers in the London game. People were messaging me like, I woke up, Zay Flowers scored the touchdown, and I was pumped up. <laughs> so we were live on Discord when Zay Flowers scored, and I was I was on cloud nine, everybody. It, it was awesome. So I, I'm all in on Zay Flowers. Been in all, in all in on him since draft season. I'm sticking with Zay Flowers. He's... He's so clear the Ravens wide receiver one. Like if he's running laps around, dude, Rashad Bateman looks horrible. Like, I don't know what's going through his mind right now. He's just been playing so bad. Every time that Lamar throws in the ball, it results in a bad play. It's like a drop interception. So I don't know what's going on with Bateman. Beckham is old. They're playing Nelson Aguilar over those guys. Like, like that's all you need to know about this offense. And Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews. And I don't even think this Ravens offense and Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't even think this office has hit its stride. Like, I think that it's leaving so much production on the table. And Zay Flowers has like a 30% target share as a rookie receiver. Like, he's doing everything we want as a first round pick. I think he's being overshadowed a little bit by what Puka Nakua has been doing, but 
say Flowers, especially with rookies usually hitting higher during the second half of the year, we haven't even seen say Flowers at his best yet. So I'm I'm holding him 100%, and I'm trying to buy him aggressively. This is the best Lamar Jackson has ever looked. He looks even better than his <laughs> 2019 MVP season. It's not totally reflected in the stats because there was a terrible drop game against the Steelers. There's been a little stuff here that's like just off here and there as kind of the whole offense tries to coalesce, you know, under Todd Munkin for the first year. It might take a month or two. Like it's, I don't think it's like a long-term concern at all, but Lamar looks amazing. Like you said, Zay is the guy, by the way, I definitely would have also been betting first touchdown scorer if I had known that the Titans were going to try and cover him in space with Harold Landry. (laughs) That is the biggest mismatch I've ever seen, given the way Zay Flowers moves. That was, uh, you know, exciting to see him do his first touchdown. the notebook of when the Steelers tried to cover uh Keenan Allen with like <laughs> with like linebackers in the slot. Yes. yes. Uh it's just not gonna go your way there. Um but yeah obviously like I'm a little biased there but you know Zay is but you're not wrong. Zay I know I'm not I'm not wrong is the thing. I'm allowed to be biased if I'm also right and I am right. Zay Flowers is amazing and super fun to watch. Uh Joey I'm I'm sure you agree on that one. I think I professed my love to him earlier in the podcast. So hopefully he uh, downloads so he can hear me say that. No, I mean, the only reason I'm not going to say buy for him is because I feel like the buyer's window might be closed on him. Uh, As far as like players getting the ball in their hand, he is the most exciting rookie that I've seen this year. I know there's a lot of love, like you said, going Puka's way, but I want to see me more of Zay Flowers red zones. Please get him on there for me. He's leading the Ravens in targets, receptions, and total yardage. He's a stud. He makes Lamar Jackson better. Let's go. And this isn't even one of those things where it's like, oh, he's the number one you know, wide receiver, but the number one target still Mark Andrews. Like just in watching the I don't I don't know what the numbers say, but in watching the game to game flow, like he is the guy they're going after at all times when when it's mm-hmm. available, Lamar is throwing to Zay Flowers. Like yeah, that's I mean, it, he has a thirty percent plus target share. Like yeah. that that number is for the elite wide receivers in the NFL. Like you don't just wake up as a rookie and be like, Oh yeah, thirty percent target share, like no big deal. Like that is an elite number. And he's doing it as a rookie wide receiver. Like this is uncharted waters and he's crushing it. And, and I will also say like, if for anybody who watched that Raven Steelers game, don't overreact to yes. Zay was bad. He had drops in that game. Like the entire team had drops in that game. That was a fluke. He's been very reliable. Like I wish the average depth of target was, was bigger, but he's not, it's not like he's dropping balls right and left. And he just happens to be electric when he gets it. He's been catching, making tough contested catches down the field when they go his way. I mean, it's, I'm so giddy, you know, watching him mm-hmm. win a Ravens jersey, quite frankly. Um, let's go to some trades here. Would you trade Erickson? I'll start with you here. Would you trade Zay Flowers for James Cook? No, no, I would not trade Zay Flowers for James Cook. I, I, I would need, honestly, I think Zay Flowers is worth like a, locked and loaded rb1 like that's what i would trade for him like if i'm not getting that then i'm just going to keep him what do you think about that one joey zay flowers for james yeah that's not not big enough for me (laughs) how about combining zay flowers and alvin Kamara for justin jefferson obviously risk there with you know will he come back from the injury when will he come back from the injury how will he look coming back from the injury but zay flowers plus alvin Kamara for justin jefferson erickson what do you think on that one i would only do this if i was like five and oh or like six and oh and i can afford to get in zay flowers was drafted a little bit later so there's a chance that he's like more of a bench player for you and not someone that you were necessarily starting every single week so if you feel good about receiver depth you can take the risk on jefferson and like just hold him hoping that you can get him back for the fantasy playoffs like again obviously i'd rather have jefferson than zay flowers in the fantasy playoffs but um again i i I don't feel like you need to make this trade like i really want to be blown away if i'm going to move zay flowers because i think that again like 
he hasn't even hit his ceiling. Like he hasn't hit his full potential yet. So I almost feel like I am kind of like selling low on him after even his first game where this is the first game he scored a touchdown. So I think that we still haven't seen the ceiling from him. So again, I kind of open with saying that I would do this, but even, I don't know, man, the vibes around Jefferson are not great. Um, it was a four weeks and mm. now it's like four to six weeks. And it's like, I mean, yeah. Jay Flowers is going to be good the rest of the way. So like why move off of him? I mean, I, I made a trade where I was able to trade. I traded Debo to get Justin Jefferson and then I traded Jefferson to get Jalen Waddle. I don't know how that happened. I feel good about it now. <laughs> but you should. The the Jefferson thing is tough, uh, especially with more news coming out that's been more pessimistic than optimistic um, in recent. Wait, what do you think on that one, Joey? Zay Flowers plus Alvin Kamara, who didn't really talk about on that side for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I'm, I like Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's getting for fantasy, I should say. I like what Alvin Kamara is giving me week to week in PPR leagues, but I'm not moving off of Zay Flowers with in this trade because I don't I'm not sure Justin Jefferson is going to come back. Uh, I said earlier this, you know, very soon. I don't know if he's going to come back this season. Like, what's the reason for him to come back if the Vikings continue to struggle? I, I, I would just keep Zay Flowers. And then the last Kamara. trade. Last trade here that, again, these are all real trades that have gone down. Zay Flowers plus Tua Tungavailoa for Devontae Smith plus Brock Purdy. Again, that's Flowers and Tungavailoa for Devontae Smith and Brock Purdy. Erickson, what do you make of that one? Probably shouldn't keep the the Flowers side. I mean, the quarterbacks, again, Tua's better than Brock Purdy, but Tua's also very spike weak. Like, there's a lot of spike weeks with him, so Purdy's more of a consistent producer i would just rather have the guy that's gonna be the number one wide receiver and i mean maybe this is too early to say but like zay flowers is like looking like a potential league winner like i think that he has that in his range of outcomes just what we see usually from like rookie wide receivers like they're better in the second half of seasons so i know we've been pumping him up basically this entire show and look i just don't think that's enough like i really want to get a king's ransom for zay flowers like i think that he's worth it and this particular deal I don't think it's still enough to to make me move off of him. Joey, Zay plus Tua or Devontae Smith plus Brock Purdy, what side are you taking? I'm going to stay on the Zay side, but it's the quarterbacks that kind of really wreck this for me because I'm not against buying low on Devontae Smith. It's still a little too much. I don't want to do flowers for Smith straight up, uh, but it's the difference of quarterbacks that really wreck this for me. Before we move on with the show, let's take a second to talk about Air MedCare Network. We talk a lot about what makes winners on this show, and there's one thing that all the teams, coaches, and players have in common. Preparation. Planning is key in everyday life, too, and a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight only when flown by one of their providers. That's right, you would pay nothing. You can become a member of Air MedCare Network for just $99 per year. And right now, our listeners get up to an $80 MasterCard or Amazon e-gift card when they join and use offer code fantasy pros that's fantasy pros with no spaces make financial peace of mind part of your game plan visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash fantasy pros witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Let's go to the buy low wide receiver segment. Joey, we'll start with you here. Who's your number one buy low receiver on the board? I promise that I'm not a, a Packers owner. Like I have no stock in the team. Um, it's Romeo Dobbs. Could. They are public. I could, yeah. <laughs> they are yeah. public. Um, but I'm not one of those guys. I don't get to go to Lambo every week and sit in a, in a little folding chair. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just in on the Packers. <laughs> uh, Dobbs is someone I believe in. Uh, and I don't think it's going to take much to get him, especially after last week is one reception and four yards. Um, I see him kind of being used as like a target hog in this offense. Once it starts clicking prior to last week, back-to-back games with double digit targets, um, including week five when Christian Watson was on the field, the last four games, he's been on the field for 84% of the Packers plays. Um, he's the Packers possession receiver. Um, Watson's going to have the big plays and Dobbs is just going to bring in a, a crap load of, uh, targets there. Uh, so he's the steady PPR wide receiver for me and I'm good on buying low. Cause I don't think it'll take much to get him. Erickson, what kind of range would you have Romeo Dobbs rest of season? So I think that he's kind of in that wide receiver three range, but mm-hmm. like Joey said, like you can get him basically for free. Like uh, you can get him as a throw in. I think that's probably the best way to approach it. It's like, kind of like, Oh yeah, just throw Romeo Dobbs. Like, Cause I think people are just like ready to write him off. Cause Watson is back. But like that guy has been Jordan Love's favorite underneath target. And so far when Jordan Love has dropped back to throw the ball deep, it's been no bueno. Like the guy is not connecting on any of these deep passes. So eventually that'll regress. We're going to see some big plays from Christian Watson, but from a steady standpoint, it is Romeo Dobbs and especially in the red zone. Like that's where he, they look for him a lot. So I think that that's a sharp play looking for him. I think that I have him ranked kind of in that wide receiver four range. Cause I try to align my rankings with where I view them in terms of like the trade value, like in the market. So I think that he's viewed as a wide receiver four. And I think that he's really uh, a sharp play to go after for dirt cheap. Time now for our newest segment. It's the Uber Eats player. We'd give up almost, almost anything for this week. That player is Erickson's buy low wide receiver, T. Higgins. Erickson, what makes Higgins such a great buy low candidate? Well, he's essentially the definition of a buy low wide receiver because he's basically playing worse than he can ever play possible. He is currently, at least when I looked this up, so this was actually before Monday Night Football, so he was wide receiver 64. Like, like, T. Higgins has been playing so horrible. He's had one good game, um, and he's basically been horrible in every other game. But why has he been bad? It's totally justifiable. You look at, okay, Bengals offense started off really bad. Joe Burrow was hurt, was not playing well. T. Higgins also was dealing with an injury himself. He came back this past week. He played, but he was on a snap count. He only played around 50% of the snaps, clearly being limited by his rib injury. Okay, he wasn't good again. Okay, but what's going to happen when he comes back? All right, they're on a bye week. He should come back healthy. Okay, that's a plus. The Bengals are going to be another week removed from Joe Burrow's injury. Okay, they're going to be healthier altogether. The offense is going to be better, and T. Higgins is going to be playing a larger part in the offense. Look, when you look at some of these receivers, it's important to look at what have they done from a career level. T. Higgins has always been a fantasy wide receiver, too, all three years of his NFL career. He's not just going to suddenly become now wide receiver 60. 
Like, that's not how things work. He's going to regress positively, and that's going to mean he's probably going to finish up finishing as a wide receiver too, like he's done every single year of his NFL career. So based on that, he's an easy buy low because he's not going to be as bad as he's been because you're looking at just his role in the offense in terms of just expected fantasy points. He's wide receiver 21 expected fantasy points per game. But like he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver when it's all said and done, like just based on his career resume. This is what this is how these things work. So I think T. Higgins is such an easy buy low. He's on a bye week too, which makes him like that much easier to get. Honestly, after this week, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have T. Higgins on every single one of my fantasy football teams. And I think it's a sharp move to make. Bye week in week seven. Week eight, he's at San Francisco. So it could be a couple, you know, tough ones. The managers for T. Higgins might be looking to get rid of him. You said he's wide receiver 64. If you take out that week two blow up game against the Ravens. His average finish is wide receiver 94 this season. I mean, he has six catches for like 60 yards on the year outside of that one game. So, I mean, it's been as abysmal as you could possibly have predicted or really not have predicted. I mean, it's been crazy bad. Uh, Joey, what do you think about T. Higgins, you know, as a trade option? Yeah, I think people should just. Uh, send this clip to your trade uh, to the managers of T Higgins in your league to get him because I mean, he's T Higgins. I mean, I think Joe Burrow getting a bye week is going to rest up a little bit more. That calf's going to be even better when he comes back, which means T Higgins is going to be better once he gets back. Uh, now San Francisco is scary, but once you get past that, we're all good. Uh, so I'm hundred percent. Okay. Buying T Higgins low and get him as low as you can. <laughs> Which is right now is the lowest you'll ever be able to yeah. get him. Get food delivered from your favorite restaurants, plus groceries and other essentials delivered straight to your front door with Uber Eats. This football season, stay planted on your couch and get anything, well, almost, almost anything you need for game day by ordering on the Uber Eats app. Uber Eats, the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Joey, let's go to your number one sell high wide receiver. Yeah, it's it's Drake London from the Atlanta Falcons. And just let me say first, I don't dislike Drake London. I just don't like him in this offense. Atlanta's still one of the more run-heavy teams in the NFL. Now they have thrown the ball a little bit more. They're no longer the most rushing team in the NFL. Now they're the eighth in rushing play percentage, uh, 24th in passing play percentage. So they've come up there as well. Um, last two weeks, it's been encouraging from him. 15 receptions, 203 yards over the span. But I've not forgotten the first four games. Uh, he failed to eclipse over 35 yards in three of those four games. And we padded two of them with some touchdowns. So it kind of makes the stat line look a little nice. If other managers in your league are buying London, I'm ready to sell for a more reliable option. What do you think about London, Erickson? Because he's a guy that I think the approval rating on him as a player from everybody in the fantasy industry is is like got to be pretty high. I feel like everybody likes Drake London, but... It's the Falcons thing. It's the Arthur Smith thing. It's the Desmond Ritter thing. So, I mean, he's down at wide receiver 37 rest of season, which is actually lower than I expected to see him in our expert consensus rankings. But Erickson, I mean, again, wide receiver 37, is that too low? Is that about the right ranking? Where would you have London? I think that he's probably a wide receiver three. So I think that the ranking is pretty accurate. It's just you're waiting for that bad game to happen. Like, I don't think that, he's in that territory where you just start him every single week. Like that's concerning. Like, I think he's still matchup based in this past week. Was it a great matchup for him? Like I talked about him in the start sit show. I was like, he's playing the commanders. Like this is the good spot for Drake London. He had a great game, but 
looking at how Desmond Ritter plays on the road versus at home, like Desmond Ritter is not good on the road. And that has carried over into De- or into Drake London splits. The last two games that Drake London has played on the road, he has not exceeded 32 yards or three catches. Like, so you have to, with some of these receivers that are not in that must start every single week territory, you got to flip them after these big weeks because the down games are going to be following them. So even though his target share has been pretty steady, it's not a spot where you want to be locked and loaded to Drake London long-term. Because if you say that, that means you're also locked and loaded to Desmond Ritter long-term, which I don't think is a good bet to make over the rest of the season. So you got to sell while the getting's good. And we're going to come back on the show next week. Drake London could be a buy low. Like that's how you have to deal with these receivers that are not in that elite territory. And unfortunately, just based on the QB situation, Drake London is not in that elite territory. Again, I, I agree with you that he is a really talented guy. And even last week, like, he was making a lot of plays. Like it wasn't just like, oh, the commanders suck. No, he was making plays left and right because he's a good football player. But Desmond Ritter on the road terrifies me. And that's going to trickle over until Drake London's production. So if we could treat this like Madden and say all trades accepted and come in and force like Kirk Cousins to get traded to Atlanta, for example, obviously that's just a hypothetical. But in that scenario, Joey, how much higher would Drake London be? And I guess what I'm asking is how much specifically is a Desmond Ritter that's holding down his value? That's part of it. I mean, Arthur Smith's also part of it until he lets the team pass a little. I mean, he's actually doing the Linden pass a little bit more, but it's got to be even more than this uh, for for me to really be in on Drake London and Kirk Cousins coming in. That would pump him up a little bit, maybe a couple spots, but not anything crazy for his value. Erickson, let's go to your sell high receiver here. Going with uh, everyone's favorite <laughs> receiver. I think that it's, I was trying to figure out what this guy would be. And I think that he's kind of emerging as this year's Josh Jacobs is someone that everybody hated. <laughs> and now is just like absolutely tear, tearing it up. It's Adam Thielen, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Um, he was wide receiver three overall. The last time that I had checked the the standings for him in PPR. So this is before Monday Night Football. Um, and interesting enough, I was telling the guys before the show started, before we started recording is that the last time he was a top three receiver was in 2018. And Tyreek Hill was also a top three receiver. So fast forward five years, Adam Thielen is back in the top five in terms of fantasy points scored. Uh, didn't see this coming, um, especially attached to a rookie quarterback. Like this is just very bizarre. And that's why I want to sell high. Cause I just don't think that this is sustainable in any way, shape or form. Like rookie quarterbacks are notoriously bad for fantasy production. That has not been the case. Adam Thielen has been scoring a lot of touchdowns on a bad offense. And you're looking at him seeing a massive target share in this offense. Again, no one else has stepped up. Besides the Charks, the Mingos, like these guys have just been Jags, whereas Adam Thielen has really been that steady body, but he's 33 years old. Like he's dealt with injuries through the last couple of years. So how long is this going to last? The Cinderella story with Adam Thielen, like I, I don't think that it's going to last. Like we've seen so much from him the last couple of years where his production has fallen off in the second half of the year. And the fact that he's producing in the beginning of the year is not super surprising to me because as an older player, like this is when they produce. But as the season progresses, we start to see them tail off in terms of their production. Now, it's easy to come in here and say, sell Adam Thielen, because a lot of people, I think, agree with me that he's an older player and you should sell him. But at the same time, like there may not be, may, there may not be many buyers of him because everyone is afraid he's going to turn back into a pumpkin, which I think is going to happen here. So if you can't get anything worth it, then I would just hold him. But I would try to move him or package him to get a more steady asset or someone that, like if you could do Adam Thielen versus Zay Flowers. Like something along those lines where someone's looking at the instant production versus what he can deliver for me in the second half of the year. And I think that what not sh- what shouldn't all be overlooked as well, Carolina's entering their bye week and they're shifting their play calling. They're 0-6. 
and Adam Thielen has been really productive. I don't think the offense is like, hey, we got to keep giving Adam Thielen the ball because it's helping us win games. It's not. <laughs> like, it's not helping them win games. So change in play caller, I think, is going to potentially take away from what Adam Thielen's doing, even though it hurts fantasy managers. Like, this team wants to win games. This team doesn't want to start and lose all its games with Bryce Young as their quarterback. So I think there's changes that are coming. The rumors of them adding another wide receiver, that's going to happen. Like, they're going to trade for somebody, and that doesn't help Adam Thielen either. So I think right now is the time to cash out. Again, if you can't get anything good, then I would just hold him. But I will be trying to move him, at least in a package deal. So I, I want to follow up with a quick question with you, Erickson. And that's, is this, and it sounds like it's more philosophical that you want to move on from him. Like, oh, he's an older, he's an older wide receiver, you know, who it's still early in the year. There's a rookie quarterback, you know, all that sort of thing. It's, it's very like 30,000 foot view. Is there anything in the actual numbers that says what he's doing is fluky? Like there's touchdown regression coming or it's unsustainable or is it more just like, taking a big picture view this is the type of guy that is a very obvious sell high rather than like the numbers are telling you that does that question make sense yeah yeah i think that's definitely more of a process play with adam thielen you're looking at all the factors at play because like from a numbers perspective is that yeah it's like not he's not running super hot on touchdowns like he has a strong target share in the offense the other guys are not playing well so it's not surprising to see that him commanding such a high amount of targets in his offense but one of the things that's not captured I think fully when it comes to like his usage is a lot of it is garbage time. Like that's something that's can be tough to quantify when it comes to like something like expected fantasy points. Cause it still counts. Like those points are still happening. He's still getting those targets. But when teams tighten up in the second halves of games and they just decide, Hey, we're not going to just play back and let these guys eat us up against zone coverage. Then you're not going to see the production from Thielen. Like Thielen's caught a couple touchdowns in garbage time. You know, last week, obviously he was really productive in the first half, but at the same time, I think it is really more of a process play. Like is Adam Thielen really going to finish the season as a top five receiver? Like, I don't think so. No, I, I don't. And honestly, if I had to bet right now, I would bet from here on out. T Higgins is on a bye week. Adam Thielen's on a bye week. T Higgins outscores Adam Thielen rest of the season. Like that's going to happen because we've seen the sample size of these two players. Adam Thielen tails off. T Higgins is going to finish as a wide receiver too when it's all said and done. So, you know, should you trade Thielen for T Higgins? I, I think that you should do it. Maybe you can try to get more, but that's a move I would make because I'm looking ahead. I'm not looking back. And Thielen seems like a guy to me. That's going to be on a downward trajectory, whereas T. Higgins, I think, is going to be a riser in the second half of the year. Quickly on Thielen, Joey, he's wide receiver 28 in half PPR, rest of season rankings, too high, too low, or just right? That might be where he settles in, rest of season. I I was kind of, and I'm not going to say high on Thielen, I just thought he was a good late round draft pick. Because I thought he was going to get some red zone targets. I didn't think he, I mean, this is ridiculous. Wide receiver three, he's not going to sustain this at all. Uh, I would be trying to sell him as well for what you can. But like Andrew was saying, like, I'm not sure you can get for Adam Thielen because it's a name people know and it's been around a long time. And I don't know. I just don't think many people are going to be buying. So you might just be holding them. Listener mailbag. Let's get to some listener questions here. These came from Twitter. Question number one, we just talked about Drake London. This question is, can I actually trust Kyle Pitts for once coming off of a couple of decent games, especially relative to our, you know, new expectations for him? So, Joey, what do you think? Can you actually trust Kyle Pitts right now? I think trust is a funny word. (laughs) I don't know if we can trust him. I think we can start him. Um, You know, echoing back kind of to the Drake London uh, sell high. This offense is passing more than they were last season, but they're still run first. Um, It kind of worries me how much Johnny Smith's being used and like how good Johnny Smith has been when they're throwing him the ball. 
better than Pitts and pretty much what catch percentage, receiving yards, receptions. Um, I think you can start Kyle Pitts. I think it's going to come around for him, but I don't know if I'm trusting him. Erickson, are you trusting Pitts right now? The fact that someone's asking this question tells you how they actually feel and they don't trust him. Like if you, if you trust something, you don't ask, you don't, you don't question it. You're like, Oh, the trust, he's in the trust tree. Like I trust him. It's like, yeah. do I trust you? Do, do I really? It's like Aladdin <laughs> reaching down to Jasmine. Do you trust me? No, I'm not getting on the carpet ride with Kyle Pitts. I'm sorry. It's not happening. <laughs> um, I would trade him. You know, let, let someone else deal with this. Look, the Falcons are still dead last in pass rate over expectation. Again, the last two weeks have been home games. They've been more back and forth contests. Desmond Ritter turns into a pumpkin when he plays on the road. He's horrible on the road. And you're going to be disappointed with Kyle Pitts this week and probably some of these other Falcons players. So the best way to approach the situation is to cash out. He's had a couple good weeks. Give him to somebody else. Let him be, let someone else deal with him and let someone else ask that question. Should I put Kyle Pitts in my lineup this week? Not you. Not today. Does Kyle Pitts come with like a little monkey as well? <laughs> I enjoy the <laughs> Disney references. I, I was trying <laughs> to think of a good I was trying mm. to think of a good Aladdin quote, like patience, Iago, on Kyle Pitts. Patience. <laughs> Let's go to the next question here. Mm. What do I do with Calvin Ridley? He's getting targets, but Christian Kirk seems to be the clear wide receiver one lately. Joey, what do you think about that one? What are you doing with Calvin Ridley? Coming into the season, the Jacksonville Jaguars offense was one that I was kind of most excited for. Trevor Lawrence and uh, Christian Kirk kind of dig it on the same page. So I thought Calvin Ridley was going to kind of be a second half breakout. Um but, you know, Ridley's looked pretty well. I, he was being drafted as a wide receiver, too, and he's wide receiver 26. So he's kind of settled where a lot of people are thinking he was going to be. Um, you know, he leads the Jaguars in total snaps among pass catchers. Um, but with rising rookies like Fukunuku and Zay Flowers, I can understand not having him as your wide receiver, too. But wide receiver three, flex, I'm totally fine with Calvin Ridley there. Erickson, Calvin Ridley, what do you think, you know, in this offense with Christian Kirk kind of establishing himself more lately? I think that the Jags receivers are just going to be kind of frustrating, honestly. And I think the move is to just sell them after they have their big week because Zay Jones has household missed a bunch of games and Calvin Ridley's kind of been struggling the last couple. Of weeks. I mean, Calvin Ridley's getting all the usage, right? But he like he hasn't delivered. And as much as I'd like to say, oh, he's knocking off the rust. Like this is what he did the last year in Atlanta, too. Like he got all the usage, got all the targets and was not efficient. So is this a Calvin Ridley issue or an issue with Trevor Lawrence? I don't know. But what I do know is after week one, Calvin Ridley is third on the team in target share. That's despite Zay Jones missing a bunch of games, 18%. That ranks 50th among all wide receivers. Like he's 50th in target share after week one. I know that week one game is like so hard to erase from our minds, but I feel like there's some anchor bias with that game where it's like, we saw it. It was like, oh my God, he's the wide receiver one. It's like five weeks later, it's like he has not been anything like that. And he even played the Colts again. And he wasn't the same guy. So I, I'm starting to believe more that that week one game was a flash in the pan. And Calvin Ridley really more is a wide receiver two, not really a fantasy wide receiver one. Trevor Lawrence is not showing the ability to support fantasy wide receiver one weapons. And with Zay Jones coming back eventually, it's like, I think that this is going to be more frustrating than any type of consistent production. So for me, it's like once that one of these guys has the big game, you sell them. Like that's how I do it. And I want to sell them for a more consistent asset for Zay Flowers. Like, give me Zay Flowers over any Jacksonville wide receiver. Like, that's what I would want to do and just sell him after a big game. So, Christian Kirk for Zay Flowers, sign me up. Calvin Ridley for Zay Flowers, sign me up. I think that's the best way to approach it. Literally, the answer to every question we've asked in this show is just trade him for Zay Flowers. <laughs> yeah. When in doubt. <laughs> yeah. Last, uh, last question here. We'll, we'll quickly wrap up with this one. 
Joey, starting with you, would you take advantage of this time without Jefferson to trade Jordan Addison? This person asking the question has both players. And as a follow up, what running back could you see getting back for Addison? So if I have both, I'm probably going to hold on to Addison. I'm a, like I've said a few times, I'm afraid Jefferson might not come back, period. Um, if you're going to trade him, though, um, I would look maybe to his teammate Alexander Madison or even if the A-chain owner or A-chain owner manager is, you know, he's going to be coming back from the IR when it's first eligible. So I would kind of knock on that door and see if they're open to that. That's a running back I would look at. Erickson, what do you think about that question? If you have both, would you try and trade Addison? And also, what running back could you see getting for Addison? I'm glad that you brought up HN because that was the exact same name that I was coming to think of. Like, he's similarly ranked, at least in my rest of the season rankings, trading a receiver for a running back that has, again, we're not looking at what he's going to give you this week, but like what he can give you during the playoffs. Like, I don't think it's too early right now to start looking at playoff schedules, looking at, okay, who can be my home run hitter? down the line, Achan definitely is that guy because I think that he steps right back in. And I mean, his role wasn't that massive anyway, like, but the guy can rip off 10 yards per carry, you know, right off the bench. So yeah, Achan would definitely be someone that if you feel like you have a surplus of goods that you can move off of to get a guy like Achan, especially for a team that needs wins right now, he's the perfect guy to target and stash. We'll wrap things up there for Joey and Erickson. I am Ryan Warmly. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Pod- Podcast. We're going to start that over. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. 
Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.